You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 116 of Brewers on Tap from Miller Park as the homestand comes to a close on Wednesday against the Cleveland Indians before the Brewers head out on another 10-game road trip. Uh, this one with four games on the front end of the road trip in Denver against the Rockies and then, of course, down into the desert with three against the Arizona Diamondbacks to start up next week and then an off day before the following weekend in the Twin Cities against the Minnesota Twins. It's been a a pretty good week for the Brewers as they've come home off that other long road trip that they were on that went from Kansas City to Chicago to Cincinnati, Uh, a home series against the Pirates over the past weekend. Pirates took two of three in that series, but the Brewers, after an off day on Monday, coming back and beating Corey Kluber and the Indians on Tuesday night by a final score of 3-2, to so 500 so far on this homestand and currently sitting at 21 and 15 overall and right in the thick of things in a very bunched up NL Central. The Brewers sitting right where you'd want to be at 21 and 15 when you consider all the different injuries and things that they've dealt with. The Brewers uh, in a virtual tie right now with the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals are 20 and 14 and the Brewers are 21 and 15. Pirates just a game back of that at 20 and 16. The Cubs a game and a half back of them. Uh, or excuse me, a game and a half back of first at 18 and 15. So all four teams really pretty bunched up uh, as well. Uh, Again, to start this year with the Reds, of course, being uh, quite a ways out from those other four teams in the NL Central. It's been a a fun week. The Brewers uh, saw Wade Miley's debut last Wednesday. They saw Christian Yelich heat up. All sorts of good stuff going on. And let's listen in on how it unfolded. Castillo's pitch turned on, hit deep right field. This ball's gone. Christian Yelich connects for his third home run of the season. It got up and out of here in a hurry. And the Brewers back on top, two to one. And if you told Craig Council and Derek Johnson before the game that you would get six innings, three hits, and one run out of Wade Miley, they would have been smiling big. He needs a strike to do it here. Or a ground ball to Orlando Arcia, who fields it, throws to first. And six strong innings for Wade Miley in his Brewers debut here tonight. Jeffress kicks and deals. Ground ball, second base. VR goes to second for one. On to first two, ball game over. J.J. and the sinker gets it done again, and the Brewers sweep the Reds in Cincy. 3-2 3-2 pitch, runner takes off, swing a line drive left field. That is headed towards the corner. It's down and off the wall. Shaw's going to be waved around third. There will be no relay. It's an RBI double by Hernan Perez, and the Brewers have a 1-0 lead. 1-1. Line drive left center field. That's down a base hit. Sogard's going to score. Kane on his way to third. Yelich stops at first with an RBI single, and the Brewers lead it 2-1. 
Contos deals. Braun sends one into the gap in the left center all the way to the wall. Two runs are going to score. Ryan Braun cruising in the second with a two-run, two-out double. And the Brewers have the lead. 2-2 pitch. Here it is. Travis sends one to right and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone for Travis Shaw. And the Brewers have the lead on a big two-out home run by Shaw. Top of the order follows Suter as Kluber into the windup in his first pitch. Hit in the air, center field, and hit well. Backing up is Davis at the track. It is gone! Brett Suter takes Kluber deep. It's 3-1 Brewers. How about that, Joel? You're never going to get that smile off Brent Suter's face as he gets mobbed in the Brewers' dugout. What a shot by Suter off the batter's eye. First big league homer. Not a bad guy to hit it off of. So some exciting stuff over the course of the last week for the Brewers. And, of course, some news on the injury front right now for the crew as well. Right-handed pitcher Corey Knable reinstated from the 10-day disabled list on Wednesday. That's huge news. This great bullpen gets even stronger with the closer returning. Also, the Brewers recalling infielder Tyler Saladino from AAA Colorado Springs because a couple of moves made by the Brewers disabled list-wise. Wade Miley had to go on the 10-day DL after a, an oblique situation on Tuesday night against the Indians that made him leave with just one out in the first inning. And Nick Franklin, who made his season debut on Tuesday night against the Indians. He also had a right quad strain in that game, so he is headed to the 10-day disabled list. And, of course, the news that came out on Tuesday, Stephen Vogt going to the 60-day DL, which was a tough break for him with uh, a big setback with his shoulder and still uh, kind of figuring out whether or not he's going to need to get surgery on that shoulder or not. And everybody hoping for the best, obviously, for Stephen Vogt. Would love to see him back in a Brewers uniform at some point down the road, but uh, going to be a long, long road for Stephen Vogt, and he knows that. Kind of a similar situation to, to Jimmy Nelson's injury in some ways. And uh, then the other news, Eric Sogard was optioned on Tuesday to AAA Colorado Springs. Bruce trying to get Eric Sogard going a little bit. Eric Sogard has been healthy. That hasn't been the issue. Uh, but he just has not been able to get the bat going offensively, and the Brewers hoping some regular at-bats in Colorado Springs We'll do exactly that. Zach Davies currently still on the 10-day DL, but getting closer to potentially making his return back with the crew. So that is some good news as well. And then in prospect news, a really tough break for Mauricio Dubon as Dubon tore his ACL in the midst of that 23-game hitting streak with Colorado Springs. We'll uh, touch a little bit more on him coming up when we check in on the farm. Here's what we have for you on the show. We're excited about it. We're going to sit down with Brewers Assistant General Manager Matt Arnold, talk about the club so far, some of the injuries and everything else. And we're going to talk with Brett Phillips, Brewers outfielder, about a lot of things, including why he eats cheeseburgers for breakfast. It's never conventional when you're sitting down 
with Brett Phillips, and I think everybody understands that. So it should be a fun episode number 116. Buckle up. We're going to talk to the assistant GM right now. Let's break it down. Brewers assistant general manager Matt Arnold is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. And Matt, a lot of news over the course of the last 24 hours or so in regard to injury. Um, Certainly hasn't been a slow first month and a half or so in that regard. Uh, But some good news starting to trickle in and probably the best news Corey Knable looks like he's ready to go and will be activated anytime now. Yeah, it's exciting to see. You know, obviously we, we had a couple of of, uh, of tough injuries the last couple of days, I think, with, uh, you know, Steve, getting some news on Stephen Vogt that was pretty unfortunate. And then uh, and then Mauricio Dubon obviously going down for for some time now. So, you know, obviously those are, are tough to swallow. We felt like those guys were certainly in our mix potentially for, for this year, you know, especially with Vote in particular. And, you know, the good thing is that he's going to still be around as a, as a leader and, and still means a lot to this crew. So he's, you know, he, he's whether he's playing on the field or off the field, he's still going to make an impact here for sure. Let's talk about Knable and then Boone Logan, who's also getting closer as well, and how, how they'll fit in. I mean, you know how Corey Knable's going to fit in. Um, this has been a bullpen that's really come together and been one of the top bullpens in Major League Baseball. Now you might add a couple more arms to it. Um, it's a great problem to have. I don't even know if you can say a problem. It's just a great situation to have for, for you, for Craig Council, for Lee Tunnel, and, and the whole crew. Uh, yeah, no question. I mean, we've been we've been thrilled with, the, the obviously, the performance of our of our uh, bullpen, and it's a big credit to the coaches and, and obviously, the players down there doing their, their job. And you know, to get guys back like Boone Logan and, and uh, Corey Knable back is just another boost for that group. And so, you know, we'll have some tough decisions to make on the roster. Like you said, that's that's uh, that's sometimes that's a good thing. So, you know, getting those guys back and, you know, in the past, I think Craig, uh, you know, always said we didn't have we didn't have a whole lot of lefties back there. Well, we'll have a couple lefties for him this, you know, in the near future. So it's a, it is a, a, a good problem to have, I think, for us, for sure. You have Josh Hader, who's really emerging as one of the top arms in baseball certainly one of the top relief arms in baseball Um, and Dan Jennings has been a workhorse guy for you that you can give the ball to a lot Uh, and then as you mentioned now Boone Logan coming back that's a lot of lefties didn't even mention Brent Suter who's another option for you from the left side that's really changed a lot in the last two years from where it was uh, really when you and and David and and everybody got here and started working on this roster how how much though to kind of pivot away from that how much can this bullpen benefit from this last month without Corey, guys having to finish games, guys having to cover six outs sometimes to do it, maybe eight outs in in some cases. How much better will all of these guys be for having been forced to step up over the last month and a half half with Corey's absence? That's a it's a it's a great point. I think when you when you lose a guy like Corey Knable, obviously you can't replace that kind of talent. And so you know, giving those guys a chance to come in and perform in in situations maybe they hadn't really been exposed to, especially early in the year, is a really good thing. I think for that group as a whole and giving some of those guys chances. You know, we we didn't even mention guys like Jefferson and Albers and Barnes and those kind of guys. I mean, they've they've been a a, a really good boost for that group and giving them some exposure at the back end and even Taylor Williams. You know, I mean, those, those guys have all really stepped up. So. Yeah, that whole that whole unit's locked in, so it's uh, it's definitely a fun group right now. How exciting is it to to look at that group and see guys like Taylor Williams, young guys that that are going to be around here for a while, and then also understand that you've got a group in AAA right now that's getting close as well. Whether it be Corbin Burns or Freddie Peralta, those two guys, when you look at their numbers away from Colorado Springs specifically, uh, they've dominated AAA. They really have. You look at the overall numbers, you can try to qualify it different ways, but if you just look at what they've done away from Colorado Springs, they have dominated AAA hitting. Um, 
do you guys feel like maybe in some ways that this organization doesn't get as much credit as it deserves in terms of what kind of arms you have in the pipeline ready and, and maybe ready by the end of this year type of guys? That's a, you know, I, I don't know if we're ever looking for credit, but we're certainly proud of that group. I mean, we're, we're always, I mean, you know, even, uh, you know, Brandon Woodruff's another guy in that mix too. I mean, the, both of those guys that you mentioned, uh, Burns and Peralta have been excellent. And then, you know, having a guy like, uh, like Woody there as well. I mean, it's a, it's a great group. And then, you know, factoring even the guy going tonight, Wade Miley. I mean, it's just another, uh, another guy. And you have Brent Suter in the back that has exposure kind of being a starter, being a reliever. I mean, just to have that depth, I think for us is, is a really, really good thing right now. The, the, from an arm standpoint, this really has played out as you guys had kind of planned it in the off season, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, we've, we've, we've been hit a little bit with some injuries, but certainly, I mean, to, to you know, we definitely went in with the, the attitude, hey, we, we need to really beef up our depth, and I feel like it's kind of showed up here so far for sure. All right, let's talk a little bit about some of the things going on in the minors. We mentioned Mauricio Dubon, the ACL injury, certainly a, a tough break for him. This is a guy that was in the midst of a 23-game hitting streak, really hit at a good level last year in AAA when he got promoted and had taken it to another level. We know that the glove plays um, tough break for him because that's a guy that was starting to knock on the door a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And he was really, he was really hitting the cover off the ball. I mean, just, just really taking his game to the next level. And, and we were really excited about seeing where he was going. And, you know, he's, he's a tough competitor too. And I know this is disappointing for him as a setback, but he's optimistic and our guys are going to work with him to get him back to where he is now and hopefully continue to grow. How pleased have you been with Corey Ray um, this year in Double A? The batting average last I looked had dipped down maybe to like in the high two thirties, but the on base percentage still in a pretty good place, and the power numbers are there. He's getting a lot of double, a lot of extra base hits, which is something that seems to have taken a tick up from where it was a year ago. Absolutely, I think that that's one of the things that we really keyed on is is look, we we know that this guy has some a lot of ability, and last year I think he went through so you know really growth uh, a, a real growth process for him and. And I think people are surprised sometimes when you see the kind of power that this guy has. I mean, sure, he's a great athlete, and everybody talks about his speed and his defense and things like that. But, wow, I mean, you see how far this guy hits balls. I mean, it is incredible, really. So the fact that he's starting to tap into that along with some play discipline is is a really good sign of progress for him. And Keston here, last year's first-round draft pick, it was a slow start. But once that slow start was over after the first couple of weeks, he's been one of the hottest hitters in minor league baseball probably over the last 20 days or so. Um, batting average just continues to climb. It looks like he's really settled in now. Yeah, the, you, we've seen just over the last week, you know, he got off to a little bit of a slow start. And, and uh, wow, just taking a look at what he's done over the last few weeks. I mean, they're, they're, uh, you know, there, there are very few guys when you kind of hear the buzz from our coaches down in the minor leagues when they, when they talk about sort of the guys that are going to hit. I mean, they've talked about him all spring, and they talked about him. Obviously, our scouts deserve a ton of credit for, you know, the effort they put into drafting him and then the guys now developing him. It sounds like this guy's really on the right track, which is great. Matt Arnold is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. Getting to that phase, we're, you know, into May now. Uh, guys that are a month into their season. At what point do, does um, yourselves and then, of course, Tom Flanagan and everybody sit down and start thinking about, okay, do we need to shuffle things around? Does this guy need to be bumped up? Are you getting to that phase where that conversation starts to be more prevalent? Yeah, we, we, we have talked about that a little bit. And again, it, like you said, it is it is definitely early, but we're always kind of keeping an eye out for who deserves an opportunity at the next level and who's ready for the next challenge. And, and that's something that we're always kind of monitoring. And, and, you know, there are a couple guys on our radar already that are that are really showing some positive things. Kesson's one of those types of guys. So, yeah, it's a good thing to keep an eye on. And, and obviously Tom is – you know, responsible for all of that. And, you know, we're, we're making sure that we're, uh, you know, coordinating with him and also all the moves at the big league level to make sure we're, we're covered everywhere. 
All right, let's talk about the draft coming up and the international signing date as well uh, on the horizon. Uh, the international piece of it specifically, you, you have really made a big focus on that. It looks like the Brewers ready to invest uh, quite a bit over the next couple of years in that regard. And, of course, always going to be heavily invest, invested in the draft. And, and uh, you've really been able to, to build up the pipeline over the last couple of years with a lot of great depth within the draft. Everybody talks about the first-round pick, but the Tristan Lutzes and the Lucas Ersigs of the world – that have really, you know, turned some heads early. That's a big part of the equation too. Yeah, and, and a, a lot of that credit, uh, frankly, all that credit goes towards you know the, our scouting staff, our international scouts, our, our professional scouts, and our our, am, our amateur scouts do a really really good job. And and the leadership I think comes from from those guys in that group for sure. They do a really good job, and you know it shows up hopefully in you know in the maybe it's the eleventh round where you, you you steal a guy like Max Lazar, where our our, our coaches yeah. are coming in saying, hey, this guy's really really interesting, really good ingredients. You know that's awesome to hear that. So, yeah, it's definitely starting to show up, and I think that that's like a big credit to our staff. All right, Matt, get as much sleep as you can. I know it's a busy time of year. <laughs> Sleep's not really always optional, but um, enjoy this next couple of uh, months as uh, you gear up trying to, to build the pipeline uh, even deeper for the crew. Thanks, Lane. Appreciate it. Checking in on the farm. As we check on the farm, a lot of different news and notes to hit on. Let's start with the records of these clubs. Triple-A Colorado Springs sitting at 20-11 and 11 overall. Double-A Biloxi's at 20-12. and 12. High-A Carolina at 15-17. and 17. And Class-A Wisconsin is at 13-18. and 18. The Helena Brewers, the Arizona Brewers, and the Dominican Summer League Brewers are all set to get their seasons underway coming up in June. We told you about the tough news on Mauricio Dubon. Dubon out for the season with a torn ACL, but Nate Orff is in the midst of now a 18-game hitting streak with the Sky Sox. He's hitting 464, 16 runs, five doubles, a triple, 13 RBIs, nine walks, five steals during that span. In 29 games this year, he's hitting 381. He has 10 extra base hits and 18 driven in. Really phenomenal stuff from Nate Orff. On the mound, there's been some really impressive pitching performances from the Brewers as well, including Freddie Peralta, who in five innings gave up no runs and struck out eight on Tuesday afternoon for the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. He has been tearing it up specifically on the road, and so has Corbin Burns. Another very good start for Corbin Burns against the Oklahoma City Dodgers over the weekend as well. In Class A, the guy that is stealing all the attention is Joangel Segovia. He is on a 22-game on base streak right now with Wisconsin. He's hitting 425. That's 37 of 87. 14 runs scored, 8 doubles, a triple, 12 RBIs in just that span. He's on an 11-game hitting streak, and he's hitting 429 over the course of that span. He has 5 doubles, a triple, and 7 driven in. 21 years old. He is second in the Midwest League with a 396 average overall. And then we go back to double-A real quick to tell you about Nate Greep. 11 saves now. That leads all of minor league baseball. 11 saves for Nate Greep. And then, of course, we have to tell you about Creston Hira, who's back in the field now. He's back at second base on Tuesday for the Mudcats. He's hitting 383 with 15 runs, 7 doubles, 3 home runs, 8 driven in over his last 14 games. He started with a 180 average over his first 15 games, and that batting average just continues to climb for Keston Hira. He's currently hitting 281 now 
on this season. It's been really good to see Keston Hira get things going offensively. All right, let's uh, get ready to go into the clubhouse and talk with Brent Phillips as we check in on the crew. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three-run shot out of here. Time to catch up with the crew. Brett Phillips is our guest here from Miller Park. And let's start with how you start started your morning you, yeah. you crushed a cheeseburger for breakfast today yeah you know everyone finds that so weird and you know just unconventional a cheeseburger for breakfast is probably the best thing for you you know just a great way to get the day started can't you know you can never go wrong with a good cheeseburger we've got a great ballpark cheeseburger so you know why not get it in you but guys think it's uh, a little bit strange you know I, I don't know i don't know i don't think so well i mean let's go through it you get protein Exactly. You get maybe a little your dairy. You, you get your dairy. You get yep. your carbs, your and it and it's what you like, so it puts you in a good mood. So it's a great way to start the yeah. day, right? And that's I'm a firm believer in you know whatever you like, just do it. You know it's it's what you like, then why not? Now, do you, I mean, do you dress it up at all, or is yeah. it just a straight? I went, today I went tomato um, and pickle, and then ketchup and mayonnaise, and then I cut it in half, and she was ready to go. It's it good. They wash it down with I mean uh, propel. Yeah, I had a propel this morning. So you, you stayed fairly healthy on the drink side. You didn't go grab a Mountain Dew or something like nah, that? Nah, nah, I'll leave that for Travis Shaw, the Mountain Dews. Make yeah. sure he's, you know, stacked up. And there's nothing wrong with Mountain Dew. Just, it's, no, well, that no, would be not. very unconventional yeah. for breakfast, I guess, is the point. All right, good. Well, hey, you're back here with the crew again. Take me through what this year has been like for you. Is this kind of what you thought going into the year it was going to be like? Probably back and forth a little bit and getting more regular at-bats in AAA, but but being able to, to contribute to this team, too, over the course of the season? Yeah, you know, with the acquisitions in the offseason, looking at the depth chart, this is what I imagined it going to be, which is fine, you know. Uh, obviously, whenever I'm in the big leagues, it's a blessing. It's a dream come true. So even if I'm coming off the bench, but, you know, if we didn't make any other trades or um, do any of that, if we just kept, you know, the outfield, you look at it and, there is no place for me to uh, to start out there, which is fine. I'm trying to work my way into a starting role, and th this is uh, the price it's going to take is me, you know, coming off the bench and giving Craig Council a uh, chance to win every time I, I go out there. And, you know, I'm just taking it in stride. But like I said, it's, it's still a blessing being up here, and, you know, this is the ultimate goal to be in the big league. So it's, it's cool. What did you learn about your game? Last year, you talked a little bit about um, hitting off lefties and, and trying to pick Christian Yelich's brain a little yeah. bit about that this spring as another left-handed hitter. What did you learn about your game last year that really kind of propelled you, to use that term again, um, throughout the offseason getting ready for 2018? Uh, yeah, honestly, I think it was just the confidence in knowing and showing myself that I can play at this level. Um, you know, obviously, I got in there in September and uh, down the stretch, I was playing every day and performing and, and helping helping a team win, and, and that's what it, it showed me. Obviously, in my game, that you know I can these guys can trust me and rely on me to to help them win. And you know I'm just trying to find that confidence. I, it's there. It's just a matter of you know getting a little more experience, a little more at bats, just to get settled in. Um, Obviously, with last night, that was uh, it boosted my confidence, getting a base hit up the middle off the bench. But, 
that's just what you know. I, I you have to. You you've got to be ready to go every night, regardless, uh, just to give this team a chance to win. How fun is it for you when you're in right field and you look over and you got Lorenzo Cain patrolling center field, one of the best defensive center fielders in the game. You have one of the best, if not the best arm in baseball right now from an outfield perspective. And then you look in left and it's either Ryan Braun or Christian Yelich, great defenders as well. I mean, that, that has to be kind of fun. That Does that charge oh. you up when you're out there oh, with all yeah. those guys? It's so fun. Very humbling playing a, a side, you know, uh, like you said, the game, some of the game's best superstars. So for me, it's just a matter of being a sponge and soaking up all the information, watching them go go about their business to uh, help me in the future and hopefully be, you know, someone uh, like like them uh, as my career goes on. So it's really good to have them next to me, playing next to me uh, this early in my career. It's, you don't get that three guys in at one position who are all superstars. So. It's very beneficial for my career. There's been a lot of injuries over the course of the first month and a half of the season. What has that taught you about patience? Yeah, you know, that's that's a part of the game. Obviously, you don't wish that upon anyone, but the reality is uh, injuries are going to happen, and, you know, that just shows you you have to be ready um, consistently and to, to be able to perform when, when you're called upon, and you know, because it shows, like, hey, two guys went down last night. Brent Suter comes in, takes care of his job because he was ready. Jonathan VR coming off the bench goes in, takes care of his job because he's ready. This is all the stuff I have to, you know, take into account and just be ready when if something happens and and I'm, my name is called upon, I'm I'm ready to go. So, and I'm not saying that doesn't exist in other clubhouses, but it seems like that's a real emphasis here. Whether it's the bullpen and the way all those guys have stepped up in the absence of Corey Knable, or whether it's what you were just explaining with with guys like you and VR coming off the bench last night and contributing. Yeah, David Stearns has done a really good job of portraying and telling the media, listen, we've got guys that can fill the role. That's why we've you know, worked so hard to rebuild that we, d- we don't just have a front line. You know, we have two second and third line who can you know, help this team win just as much. And you know, that gives us confidence coming up from AAA that they, hey, like, they, they expect us to help this team win. It's not just like, throwing a guy up there and flipping a coin. So, you know, that, that gives us a bunch of confidence as well. Uh, you went in Cincinnati under the bench during Craig Council's uh, media session prior to the game, and, and then you, you popped out right at the very end. Your idea? Yeah, so it had been that was my second day there. And the first time I got called up this season, I was only here for two days. Council told me, hey, you're only going to be here for two days. So this time I saw a opportunity to – ask a question from underneath the bench and he wouldn't have known who asked the question like hey I was gonna say hey how long is Phillips gonna be here for from underneath the bench and he was just gonna answer the question because there was a bunch of media people but it was so funny because one of the media guys asked the question so he's like hey like what's the situation with Phillips and you know council gave a really good answer so I popped my head out under I said hey counts that's a great answer, you know. That's a great answer. I was gonna ask that, and uh, went on my way. But I don't know. I just didn't think much of it. Just, just did it. Well, if you can't have fun in this yeah, game, then you shouldn't be playing yeah, it. So, exactly. no. Well, we appreciate it. I uh, hope that cheeseburger digests well uh, yeah. for the game today, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. I feel very prepared from that cheeseburger that I feel is gonna give me the nutrients and energy that I need to help this team win. Here's what's on tap. 
As we look at what's on tap, uh, there is not any home games on the horizon. The Brewers are going to be out on a 10-game road trip, but there is some promotional stuff that's going to be going on I want you to put on your calendar, including the Brewers inviting you to join Jeremy Jeffress and his teammates at the Brewers Bowlathon on Sunday, August 5th. Now, that's a little ways out, but you're going to want to take a look at this. This is a fun event. I have emceed it each of the last two years. It has been a ton of fun, a ton of really good one-on-one interaction with the players as well. This is going to help raise money for the Epilepsy Foundation, which is dedicated to the welfare of people with epilepsy and seizure disorders. And uh, it, it is a really cool thing. There's several packages Interested participants can choose from, starting with the batter, which includes admission to the event, shoe rental, non-alcoholic beverages, two games of bowling with Brewers player, coach, or alum. And then at the other end of the spectrum, there's the Grand Slam Sponsor Package, which includes everything in the batter package, plus a bowling lane for up to five guests, sponsorship opportunities, T-shirts, a VIP reception, and much more. And to top it all off, Jeremy Jeffress is going to take a picture with that group at their lane. Uh, Tons of other great packages, and this should be a lot of fun. We hope that you will... uh, Give some thought into joining us uh, for the Brewers Bullathon. Again, check out all the info on it, brewers.com slash bowling. Should be a ton of fun, and we hope to see you out at the ballpark. That is going to do it for us in episode number 116 of Brewers on Tap. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next week from the desert as the Brewers will be down in Arizona taking on the Diamondbacks. I'm Lane Grindle. Have a good one, everybody. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.